Thanks for tuning in to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could help us spread the gospel message of Jesus by subscribing to, sharing, and leaving a review on this podcast. We are believing to see thousands saved locally and millions globally. Thanks and enjoy this week's message. You see, there's two realities that we live in as Christians, right? We live in a spiritual reality and a physical reality. And not only do we live in these two, but one is greater than the other. And not only is one greater than the other, it actually has the power to change the other one. Do you see what I'm saying this morning, church? We live in a spiritual reality that God has set before us. And he wants to take that, and he wants us to accept that reality because there's something that happens when we accept it. It overpowers the one that we're living in today, the one that you and I see with our physical eyes, the ones we hear with our ears, the ones that we, that we, that we smell, we taste, we sense. He wants to change that. Romans 12, it talks about when we say, it says that don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe there's something that happens when we get the word on the inside of us, when it gets into this eight by eight box and on top of our shoulders and something gets in there and it begins to dwell in there, something will begin to shift in the spiritual realm. As we begin to accept the spiritual reality, something shifts in the spiritual realm that will indeed affect the physical. It's inevitable. It will happen. The spiritual affects the physical. It's something we all know here at Hunger Gen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So accept your reality this morning. What is that reality for you and I? You know, for the unbeliever, the reality for their spiritual state is oftentimes worse than the physical one. It might be bad here on earth, but man, afterwards it gets a lot harder. But for us as believers, our spiritual reality is that we're children of God. We're children of the Most High God, the God of the universe, the God of all power, all authority, all dominion. We are a child of that God. In Romans 8, 15 through 16, it says this, But you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by which we cry out, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're the children of God. The Spirit testifies that you and I, right now, we're children of God. We may see in our circumstance, we may have a physical mother and father here today, but we are children of God. And verse 17, going on in that verse, it says says that we're joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. What does that mean? Do you know what that means to be a joint heir? It means that what's his is mine. It means that I'm a beneficiary, a benefactor of the benefits of being a child. It means that as a son of God or as a daughter of God, there are certain things that I have because my daddy has it. And I think this morning the Lord is wanting to say to some of us and remind us who our daddy is. He wants to remind us of who he is and what that looks like and what that means. Because some of us, we look at our physical circumstances, we look at our physical situation, and we've forgotten that. Or if we know it, we kind of have a a, a disgruntled view or an ounce of unbelief in our heart that, is this really true, though? 
is it really something that God has for me? Is this really, is this really true? And I want to I take a moment this morning to encourage you about what it means to be an heir of Christ, to be an heir to the king, and what those things are. And, that's, uh, and, and the first thing that I want to share with you is that you are an heir to blessing. You're an heir to blessing. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He is a good God who gives good gifts. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think about you, says the Lord. They're not of evil, but they're of good. And I'm going, and, and he says that, he says this, he says, I'm going to give you a future and a hope. He wants to bless you. He's got good thoughts about you. It doesn't matter what you're seeing in your life right now. you got to understand this one thing. God wants to bless you. He wants to be, he, he wants to, to, to plan your future out and, and, and show you all the things that he's got in store for you. James 1.17 says this, every good, and good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from, uh, is from the Father above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift. You know, sometimes when we hear about God's blessing, sometimes, you know, we, we, we can say it, yes, Lord, thank you for blessing me. Oh, God, I know you're, you, you're going to bless. But sometimes in our hearts, if we're being honest, like we kind of fight this thing, like, I, do I really believe that God wants to bless me and, and that his blessings are really that good? Because sometimes uh, in life, we don't see things happen right away. We don't see things come to fruition uh, uh, right away. And in fact, it seems like there's a lot of obstacles that get to that blessing that we keep hearing about, that beautiful blessing we always hear about. But let me tell you something. Every gift of God is good and it's perfect. You know what? It's interesting. He says, I'm, he, uh, James says that he's the father of lights and there's no shadow or variation in him. And I'm like, why, why did he mix that with that verse? Why did, he, why did he mention that he has no shadow or variation when he's talking about the good gift that God gives us? I think it's because when you realize that there's nothing that can change God's state. Can, nothing can change the state of who God is. He is the father of light. Light is the best thing, right? It's better than the darkness. And there's no shadow. So it's not even as if God gives you some, like, there's the, the gifts that God give you, and they're really bright, and they're really great, and then there's, like, dim ones. And then there's ones that are, like, darker and darker and darker. And, like, you know, there's different levels of God's goodness. The reality is, is God's goodness is good, and that's it. It's perfect. There is no gift that he gives that's bad. There's no gift that he gives that's subpar. He is not a God who gives a gift and it's somehow like garbage. He doesn't, if you ask for bread, he doesn't give you stone. If being a father, I'm a father, a physical father, I can give my children good gifts. How much more does my heavenly father give? How much more? It's not in his nature. He can't help it. He gives good gifts. That's it. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're like, well, you know, because sometimes, you know, what we do when we're asking, Lord, oh, I want you to bless my finances. I want you to bless this area of my life. And we ask small. We ask for like a dim gift, like a, a not shiny gift. But the Lord is saying, I'm the father of light. All I give is shiny. <laughs> All I give is great. 
All I, I, I can't give an imperfect gift. And so I think sometimes that the Lord allows a delay uh, in the promise is because he gives you time to get it right. <laughs> yeah, I can't give you that gift. I can't give you that gift that's too, uh, that's too small. I, I can only give perfect gifts. You know, and you're like, okay, Bryson, that sounds good. It sounds like prosperity gospel. But, <laughs> but let me tell you this. Jesus even gave good gifts to those who were not his believers, who were not his children. Romans 5.8 says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It even says in Romans that he, put, he gives good gifts. He, he has shown his goodness throughout uh, uh, the unbeliever's life to show them that he still the devil didn't want us to hear that is that even as the unbeliever they still get to know the goodness of God but they call it luck they call it oh you know I just I you know the, the universe got me or something like that and they don't realize that God is showing his goodness regardless of whether or not they accept him so Imagine us being his children who have accepted him, who have accepted the cross and all the things and the benefits that came with it. How much more? God's not going to give you some subpar thing. God is a good God. He is a very good God. He's not a Santa Claus who's got some like uh, you know naughty and nice list. And the, you know if you're if you're not good enough, you get a lump of coal. He doesn't give out lumps of coal. He just gives out fire. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> uh, come on. I didn't plan to say that, so thank you, Jesus. Makes me sound a lot more smooth than I am. <laughs> but not only does the Lord want to give you blessing as an inheritance, he wants to give you protection. You're an heir of protection. God wants to protect you in all that you do. Luke 4, 10, 11 says, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, on the, uh, guard you on their hands, and they will guard you so that you will not strike your foot, lest you dash it against a stone. The, the, he's sending angels out to guard you. It also says in Scripture, it says here, Psalms 3, 3, But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you, and don't be dismayed, for I am, I am your God, and I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous hand. You know what's crazy about this? I just want to kind of give you an imagery here between the three verses. He says he's a shield around us. He says that he's going to uphold us with his righteous hand. And he's sending his angels before us to make sure we don't, you know, trip on a rock. Somebody say, quit tripping. <laughs> I imagine this. When I, when I, when I, when I see, the, when I read these different verses, I get this imagery. I've got the Lord surrounding me on all corners. So nothing can get me from behind. Nothing can get me ahead of me or to the side of me. I can't get sideswiped. I am surrounded completely by God. But just in case I'm walking along the way and, you know, because of my own decisions, I make, I do something stupid and I trip and fall. The Lord upholds me. He's got me. He's protecting me. Even before, even I can't mess it up. He's holding me. He's holding me. He's holding you. 
And the crazy part is, you guys know that one um, sport that's an, like an ice Olympic sport where they, they like roll the stone and they got the, the guys with the brushes brushing in front of it to make sure nothing gets in the way of how far that rock can go? I, I sometimes think that's like how the angel's going charge for us to make sure we don't stumble. They got these little brushes as we're walking and we just keep going gliding with ease. Thank you, Jesus. Everywhere I go, everywhere I step, I've got angels taking charge to make sure that the, the, the where I'm heading, God has got it. He's already got it prepared the path for me. I don't have to worry about stumbling and falling. The Lord is on my side. When I begin to realize how I am blessed by God, I am blessed with this protection. It changes the way that I look at the reality around me. You know, when you realize as an heir that God is going to do whatever he can to protect you, it changes how you see certain circumstances. I know that man that you were thought you were going to marry was going to be the one, but the Lord sent his angels before you to push him out of the way because he knew that that would stop you, that that would stumble you. I know that you were expecting that job to be the one that blessed you and was going to be the, the, the thing that just made you go from broke to, to not being a joke, whatever the word is, and, and you expected that this was going to be it, but the Lord knew he already sent his angels to say, hey, you know what? That's not a good and perfect gift, and so I'm going to push that one out of the way, and some Sometimes we look at things that are not happening and we say, God, why? And he's saying, I'm protecting you. I'm going before you to make sure no stumbling stone is in your way. It changes your reality when you accept your spiritual reality. You don't, you don't look at life the same. You don't think about it the same. Not only are you an heir to the blessing, to the protection, and to his love. Well, next one is my number that. You're an heir to his love. You're an heir to God's love. And I know that this one's obvious. Jesus loves you. We always say that. But I know that there's some people in here today that you have a hard time accepting God's love in your life. A hard time really believing that no matter what you do, that God still loves you. I want to read to you Jeremiah 31.3. It says, The Lord appeared to him long ago saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you out with kindness. You want to know how long everlasting is? It's a long time. It's forever. He loves you forever forever you can't it's not like somehow like you know when you start thinking forever you start thinking eternity when you start thinking in that realm you realize that God loved you before you even got into the circumstance that you thought would make him not love you he already knew you were going to do it and he loved you anyways he loves you with an everlasting love there's nothing you can do let me let me read another verse to you and this shows you this, I want to read it right here, Romans 8, 38. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in our Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate you. Absolutely nothing. He's loved you and his love is secure. It's secure. It's not like human love that 
you, uh, that you expect to be only on circumstances, but it's so unconditional and it doesn't change. And re- I want to remind you of that this morning because maybe some of us here, we've been feeling a little bit beat up. You know, we've been feeling like, man, I really screwed up. And the Lord is saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's secure. I'm sure about it. I can't change my mind. Even if I wanted to, I'm not going to. And his love is sacrificial. John 3.16, right? He sacrificed his only son. It's the kind of love that, that, that will bend over backwards for you. Not because you did anything, but just because he loves you. Ephesians 3.18, 19, it says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. I believe that for some of us, the struggle with sin uh, and and the struggle with... um, Uh, having intimacy with God can be solved as we just begin to accept the reality there's nothing you can do to separate you. Some of us, when we try to come to prayer, we have such a hard time connecting with God because we've got all the reasons why we shouldn't, all the reasons why you're a hypocrite, all the reasons why, and you name, you name it. And it's this love that is so uncomprehensible it's so difficult to understand. But like, uh, like they said in Ephesians, may you understand that, you know, it's too hard to understand. Just understand it's too hard to understand. <laughs> just get that. Just be, just be okay with it. Accept that reality. It's too hard to understand. And the Lord, as, as, as a child of God, you are an heir to his healing power. You're an heir to his healing power. Now, we all know Isaiah 53, by his stripes were healed. But you know what's funny is sometimes you still don't feel like God's going to heal you, especially if you've been praying, especially if you've had this issue for a long time. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes to want to believe that. And, uh, you know, I just want to read this verse to you. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, But I will restore health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. In Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, it says this, My son... Give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You know, I think that's so vital that it's funny that, you know, that he says, keep attention to what I'm telling you, and that's health to your flesh. Not just, not just, you know, pray the prayer, God, heal me if you want to, you know, or God, I'm, I'm just sick of this. Just take it away, you know, but he says, give attention to what I'm telling you. Give attention and it will be health to your flesh. Give attention. Again, I, I want to plead to somebody this morning who is having a hard time believing for their healing this morning. Give attention to the word that says that by his stripes you're healed. Give attention to the fact that when you see that Jesus, when the man asked God, if you're willing to heal me, he says, yes, I am willing. Give attention to the fact that God wants to heal you. Give attention to his words, what he says, and it will be healing to your flesh. You're an heir. 
You're an heir of God. You're a child of God. And what father wants his child to be sick? And if we know God's a good God, he's a good father, then we know we can trust that that's what he wants for us. We're also an heir to God's counsel. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, even when we're in our kind of like weak place, when we're in, when we're just throwing fits, because if we kind of look at it in the perspective of a father to a child, the father knows what he's got planned for you. The father knows, I know with my daughter, I know, like, sometimes the things that she cries about, it's like, that's not anything to cry about, but you're crying, you know, <laughs> but you're crying anyways. But as a father, I don't come up to her and say, quit it, you know, I was, oh, baby, it's okay, come here. And I give her hugs, you know, and I counsel her right now at her young age. But the Lord does that for us, too. He counsels us. He cares. He's not a God who's just, you know, Daddy Warbucks, that you just come and he only blesses you, but you only see him one time a year, you know. And and the way he makes up for his love for you is just by paying for you, you know, to go places. He's not like that. He blesses you immensely, but he's also there for you when it counts. He wants to be by your side. He wants to to want you. He wants you to cry on his shoulder. He wants you. He wants to come and tell you the things that matter to your heart and minister to you. Somebody say, accept your reality. Accept your reality. When, when you begin to remind yourself of these truths, I know they're simple. I know I'm not saying anything to you that you don't already know, but somebody here, I believe, needs to re be reminded to accept that reality. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. And these are my benefits, whether I like it or not. God has made you an heir to his delivering power. Some of us here, we need deliverance. And we've been praying for deliverance, and we seem to be manifesting and manifesting, but never actually getting delivered. And some of us, we just keep fighting internal battles for a long time, to the point now we're just embarrassed to even mention to anybody to pray for us. And... I want to remind you that deliverance is not just, like it's not for those who are unbelievers because they're so bad they need deliverance. I mean, they, they need deliverance, right? But deliverance is actually meant for the believer. It's meant for the child of God. The Syrophoenician woman came and asked for Jesus to come deliver his uh, to deliver her, her her daughter, and he said, "Sorry, I can't give what's meant for the children to the dogs." And that sounds pretty harsh, pretty savage. But what Jesus is saying is deliverance is really meant for my children. Deliverance is meant for my children. Now, God in his goodness, because he's just a good God, in all of that, he still delivers, right? We know the story. He still delivers who's not even his child. Because he's just, that's his nature. But even so much more, I just want to remind you, the Lord wants your deliverance more than you do. The Lord wants to free you more than you do. Psalms 30, uh, 34, 19 says, The righteous person may have troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. From them all. Not some, not one, from them all. 
And the Lord wants to deliver you today. I know that, I know that you've been praying and it hasn't changed. But you're an heir, you're an heir to God. And deliverance is your portion. Full deliverance is your portion. Be reminded of that this morning. Now, I know I'm saying all of this, and for those of you who are um, doing well, you're like, yes, amen, thank you, Jesus. Some of us, though, we're not so in a good place. We're not thinking, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I've been trying to do that for a long time. It's not working, right? And I want to read something to you. Uh, I'm also tell you something, okay? In uh, Ephesians 3, Paul, he's writing his letter, and he says this, I am. Paul, a prisoner of Christ for the sake of the Gentiles. And I'm not going to read the whole verse because it doesn't necessarily pertain to what I'm going to say, but this, this one phrase that he says, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ for the sake of the Gentiles. I, I just thought that, that, that verbiage was weird. Prisoner of Christ. Why prisoner of Christ? Like, we know Paul, in all of his writings, surely doesn't believe that Jesus is a harsh slave master. Why would he say, I'm a prisoner of Christ, to describe his relationship with the Lord? Why would he say that? And I can't help but think that the Lord allowed that verbiage to be used because he knows the inclination of the heart of man to want to identify, not with what makes us free, but want to identify with what makes us bound. There's an inclination in the heart of man to be downcast. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe the Lord is saying to somebody this morning, if you must be bound, then be bound to Christ. If you must have something following you all the time, then let it not be your sin. Let it be my goodness and mercy that's been following you all the days of your life. If you are going to have to have something that is holding you down and weighing you down, then let it be the weight of my glory. If you're going to have something that's always surrounding you on every corner, then let it be my presence that you can't escape. That even if you make your bed in hell, I'm going to be with you. Even in your bed in hell, you're my prisoner. I'm inevitable, says the Lord. He's inevitable. Resistance is futile. You can't get away from him. You can't even if you tried. His goodness. You are a prisoner to his goodness. You're a prisoner of hope. Zechariah 9 talks about that, being a prisoner of hope. Even if everything I said this morning about being an heir didn't get you, didn't, didn't excite you, didn't make you want to accept it, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, that you're a prisoner of hope as a believer. And, and sooner or later, you're just going to have to accept the reality that God loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to heal you, deliver you, set you free from all bondages, bring breakthrough into your life. Sooner or later, whether you like it or not, God is going to be good to you. He's going to be good to you. The prodigal son, he was ready to settle for servanthood, but the, but the father came running at him and embracing him and saying, no, you're not my servant, you're my son. And he embraced him. It's funny because my children, I have two now, and it's kind of interesting, they're interesting to see their two different um, uh, uh, like personalities. My daughter, Mila, every time... Uh, I tell her I love you. It's the funniest thing. She goes, nope. She tells me no. And I'm like, what do you mean? 
I love you. And she goes, nope. And then I come over to her and I grab her and I pick her up and I say, I love you. And she goes, you know, she like, she's so finicky and like pushes away, pushes back. And so I'm like, no, I love you. (laughs) And I squeeze her and I hold her. And then she goes, ah, okay. You know, and she, she, but she fights me about it every time. And I'm like, no, I love you. Where's my son, Noah? His name means rest. And the funny thing is all I have to say to him, all I got to do is go, hi. And he goes, (laughs) you know, and he just smiles. And I think that's sometimes how we are, you know. Some of us, all God has to do is say hi. And we're like, hi. <laughs> and some of us are like my daughter. You know, the Lord, the Lord says to you, I love you. And you're like, no. God, God says, I love you. And you're like, okay, no, I don't want to. I can't. Yeah. You know, and we fight it. We fight it so much. But let me tell you, it's inevitable. He is inevitable. He is inevitable. His love is inevitable. It's too good to understand. Accept your reality. Somebody say, accept your reality. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm I'm accepting my reality. You should too. Jesus is too good. And there's nothing you can do. I just, I feel that there is a grace right now for somebody to come out of a circumstance this morning as you accept this reality of the goodness of God as you accept once again that doesn't matter if you didn't see it before it doesn't matter if it seems like things have been in the way God is protecting you God is blessing you God is working on your behalf and he is making things in your pathway straight and everything that you do and somebody's going to walk out of the cage this morning as you accept the reality as you're transformed by the renewing of your mind Ephesians 4:23 be renewed in the spirit of your mind Jesus knows this one thing when we get in our head that he is good and who we are in him nothing is impossible all things are possible to those who believe in Christ Jesus amen hey guys i hope you enjoyed this week's message If you like what you've heard, you can find more of this great content on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and even Pinterest. In other words, we would love to connect with you for the latest and greatest info on all conferences and internships. Remember, better is not good enough. The best is yet to come.